Shut the fuck up, Donnie. So, how much did they give you? 20 grand, man. And, of course, I still get to keep the run. Just for making the handle? Yeah. They gave, uh, do the beeper. Also, whenever these guys call... What if it's during a game? Oh, I told them uh, if it was during league play. What's during league play? Life uh, does not stop and start you know, at your convenience, you I, miserable uh, piece of shit. I, I figure... Uh, What's wrong with Walter, uh, I figure it's easy money, you know. It's all pretty harmless. She probably kidnapped herself. Huh? Oh, what do you mean, dude? Rug Piers did not do this. Look at it. A young trophy wife marries this guy for his money. She figures uh, he isn't giving her enough. You know, she owes money all over town. Oh, fucking It's all bitch. goddamn fake, man. It's like Lennon said. You look for the person who will benefit and, uh, uh, you know. I am the walrus. You know, you'll, uh... This is Gutterballs. The Lebowski Deepcast. Oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in the bleak, black emptiness of space. Providing insight. I don't know she said that. <laughs> Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets in them. Commentary. He's found himself in a world turned upside down. <laughs> Flare, 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 flare. And conjecture. It looks like the pool is empty. They shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup? And now, gutter balls. It always gets me. It's always very, like, I'm tickled by it every time we do that little sync up thing. It's and wonderful. We, and we go boop, and it's like we're in it then. It's like, exactly, that's the transition from just normal old Brad and Adam to we are professional podcasters. Right. Let's be, uh, let's take this seriously now. And I'm in the zone. We're like Brant 150%. You know, we got to like. Exactly. Ramp it up a little bit now. Right now I am sitting in my special podcast chair with my arms at my side and all 10 fingers splayed as far <laughs> apart as possible. Well, aren't you fancy? Leaning into the microphone. Because where I am is on vacation at the beach uh, in a bathroom. I forgot my mic stand, so I got this. Uh, nice. oh, so I have a towel here on the sink. In the, so I'm sitting on the toilet. Let me say that first. Okay. I'm sitting on the toilet. Now the lid's down. It's not like I'm free balling or anything. The lid's down. I'm sitting on this thing. So the computer's on the sink. And there, now there's a guy wearing a Lebowski t-shirt. So this is basically like a vacation frat house at this point. Like a guy just opened a door and he's wearing a shirt that says amateurs. And it's Walter Subcheck with a fucking bandana wrapped around his head looking all menacing. Awesome. They're like, shit, man. This is the kind of shit that's going down here. People are just walking in on you in the bathroom. Sitting on the toilet with the computer on the sink and uh, a little towel hiked up there. In fact, we're going to we're going to we're going to throw production value to the wind for a little bit right. here because I think it's important that we have some uh, additional user input here. All right, let's go for it. We're going for it. So, yeah, we're on vacation. It's like, it's basically a frat house situation at this point. 
and we've sequestered ourselves away in the bathroom, sitting on the toilet, looking at my laptop with my mic on a dirty towel. And, uh, you know, so you're in your fancy podcast chair, and that's where, where I am. So, how are you, Brad? I'm pretty good. How are you? How are you? Guys? Well, Adam, first of all, that's my name. Right, Adam. <laughs> I was just getting a little thrown off by hearing myself back in. Yeah. It takes a lot of concentration. Although, I think you just fixed that. Because I don't there. hear it anymore. How's that? Is that better, Brad? It's fine. We're good. Now, Steven's joining us. He's Hi, Steven. Hi, Brad. Steven is a diehard Lebowski fan. He speaks Lebowski's. Excellent. Excellent. So he's, he, you're right at home here, Stephen. That is correct. So we've you, got some we got some stuff here to talk about. New shit has come to light. New shit has come to light. All right. Well, well, before we get to the new shit, I'll just throw in a little anecdote, a little side piece of trivia. I have that same shirt that Stephen's wearing. Amateurs, as it was described. Amateurs. So you own, check. you own two Lebowski shirts? I do. I own, a, I own exactly two. And the amateurs, I just bought that actually a couple weeks ago. I saw it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a tall dude, and I'm also a big dude. So I need to shop at the big and tall. You shop and at most, the big and tall? Yeah, most, most shirts don't fit me. But I was at the big and tall. The casual male. Yes. Big and tall. And there was... Apparently Steven's in agreement about... Uh, yeah, well, he, kinda probably, enjoys he got the shirt, shirt at the same place, I bet. That is correct. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there it was. I was like, you know, there's never... You know, big dudes never have cool stuff. Because they don't make the cool stuff in our sizes. You don't have the same variety. No variety. And none, nothing... Very rarely is there anything cool. And there was... It's eating meat and potatoes all the time. Yeah, and there it was, a, a Lebowski shirt in the big and tall. So I was like, oh, I got to get it, because otherwise, you know, never never have a chance for that again. But you, you found that to be an unsatisfying lifestyle, I assume. It's a fine lifestyle, because I don't, I've just accepted I'll never have, like, cool clothes, really. But you've ramped Unless it up in recent years. Like your style. I found that your style is like... Like you're wearing some cool jeans now. You know, some pretty hip shirts. I don't know if I'd call them hip. But well, not, yeah, they, there's a little more style. A slightly bit more... Slight more care. Yeah. I maybe, use the dry cleaners more now. Maybe, maybe hip's a little extreme. Um, I take a little more care to my appearance. I'll admit to that. I mean, I guess, like, for instance, so we're on vacation here. We're in North Carolina. Uh, we went to, I guess, what you would refer to as a quote-unquote fancy restaurant last night. You know, got Dirty some wood paneling there. Uh, you know, the waiter has got a shirt tucked in. Like, pretty fancy. Wow, okay. fancy. But, you know, I'm wearing my hat. With my crazy hair hanging out, 
And Steven's wearing his amateur's Lebowski shirt. That's all there is. There's nothing more there. That's all I'm did, saying did, about did they, that. Did they kick you out? Did they, they have a jacket? Did they, they make you wear sir. the house jacket? Yeah, they were calling us sir. Sir? And like doting on us a little bit. Yeah. It's like the Steve Jobs effect where you just wear right. like jeans and a black shirt. And you just no, exactly. walk around like you own the place. Exactly. You're so powerful and confident that you can just dress like that and it's fine. Right. That's right. That's the ultimate success. <laughs> That's it. Well, and I it's try. really just about pulling it off with your state of mind. I try and model myself after Walter and just not give a shit. Walter's another one, you know, somewhat sure. You could say cocksure. Cocksure of himself. Cocksure is correct. He, he waltz, waltzes into the titular Lebowski's house at the end of this film. Just cocksure of himself. He uh, screams, they're going to kill that poor woman as he's walking through the bowling alley. He doesn't care. He brandishes a firearm and points it in a guy's face. He doesn't even get arrested for that. Who? who, who? He's the king of L.A. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> so let's, let's revisit for a second here. I have a couple of revisitings to do. I'm not sure how we missed these uh, during the previous minute. You want to do this? Here they go. So the Jesus does his little Muhammad Ali homage dance after he knocks them all down. Right? And he lifts his right leg up and he crosses it behind and taps it with his left hand and thrusts his right hand out. He points with his middle finger. Yes. I did notice that. Last minute or this minute? Well, I mean, I guess I not a minute, but... I noticed it. I noticed it while we were talking about it. But you didn't care to mention that. Uh, we were just there was so much stuff going on. It was like a freight train barreling through. It was like Niagara Falls. It was just, just like yeah. So yeah, but uh, but but yes, worthy of note, I would say. And that not too much there, but you know that is like saying fuck you, and he is a pederast, so it's worthy of note, I would say. Yeah, probably. I mean, some people are just middle finger pointers. Right, some people... It's very weird to me. Right, it's like you point... I think I had a teacher who would point with his middle finger, and, like, the entire class would, like, titter every time he did it. Like, I think it was a math teacher, and he'd point up at the chalkboard, like, okay, up here we have, here's my middle finger pointing at the two with the square root symbol. Look Look at this, everybody, with my middle finger up here. And, of course, everybody's just laughing... Like, no wonder everybody's failing your class. They're just laughing at you and your middle finger pointing at the chalkboard the entire time. Maybe it's just some kind of passive-aggressive way he was trying to get everyone to fail because he hated you all. Well... And that was his way of doing it. I don't doubt Or that. he was just really angry the entire time. <laughs> and he was secretly just saying, fuck you, to the I... whole class, <laughs> nonstop. He was probably a pederass. <laughs> he may have been a pederass. Not much more to that. I just wanted to point it out. I feel like we missed it. We kind of glossed over it. Um, I got another one here. I don't know if you see this in the document. I wrote it down as the up and downness of Pinky. Yes, I see that phrase. You see the phrase, but you don't connect it to images. I don't know what you're referring to yet. So, I have a timestamp there. All right, let's go take a look. 26. Take a look. Let's see if you can figure it out. 26, 28. 
I have no idea what you're talking about. All right, so this is You're the... talking about his finger, his triumphant finger point? Negative. It's just after that. So this is the tracking shot across okay. the triumvirate. And I am talking about... Okay. So 2628 is the end of the up and downness of Pinky. So okay. really back it up to like 2620. And you have these, this female, well, say 2624. So it's just after the Jesus blows Donnie a little kiss. And we have these, the uh, older female bowling team with the pink shirts. Okay, those are the pinkies. Those are the pinkies. There's one pinky in particular that sits down. And now this shot is in slow motion. So right. think about that for a second. So she sits down and immediately gets back up. It's almost like she sits down and propels herself back up. Yeah. Boom, hits the back and propels herself right back up. Like, what are you doing back there? You went and sat down, like you obviously finished rolling, and then you come and sit down and propel yourself right back up. And I'm less concerned about the reality of the movie and more about the, the assistant director that directed her to do that. <laughs> so we're going to be going across in slow motion. I need some movement back there. So you're going to have to like sit down and immediately, as fast as you possibly can, I know it might hurt your hip a little, but get right back up. Like just slam down and use that force, that momentum to propel yourself right. back up. It's weird looking. Right. Yeah, well, what I also noticed looking at this is how they're doing the tracking shot. You can see Pinky, the Pinky back there, and then it cuts to uh, Jesus blowing him the kiss, cuts back, and it's like Pinky is still in the exact same spot. All right, no like, time has passed. The, no time has passed in that shot. They just cut the shot down the middle, put it on either end of the Jesus. Yeah. Like the time we saw that, yeah. It's They're not cheating. really respecting time. They're yeah. cheating here. Yeah. Now, I noticed... Now, we're going to talk about these pinkies, because, again, if you let that continue to go, I'm just noticing some other things. So, as they go... Um, you know, now we're the part, the dude is talking, fucking Quintana can roll. And if you just watch back there... So, the one pinky comes, sits down for a couple seconds again... Then gets up again. It kind of, she kind of like pats the third pinky. Now, I never really paid attention to the third pinky. I always thought there was just two pinkies. They high-five each no, other. But yeah, there's, there's actually a third. There's definitely three pinkies. Yeah, the third pinky is kind of like a Estelle Getty-looking type yeah. of pinky. Like a, maybe a little bit older seamer than, seeming than the other two. And she... <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Hotel California. But they do... Um, uh, but So then she sits down, pats the other Pinky. Pinky gets up. Estelle Getty looking Pinky gets up. And then before she sits down, or more rather as she sits down, she looks toward the camera. Yeah. You might even say directly at the camera. Directly in it. Like a, a moth to the flame. Yep. 
There it is. The thing I'm not supposed to look at. <laughs> I want to make sure it's over there so I know where not to okay. look. Okay, where is this thing? There it is. Okay, I know not to look at that again. That'll be the last time I look at that. Wait, that'll be the last time I look at what? Oh, that. That's right. Okay, done now. Now I'm done. Not looking at that again. Pinky takes a peek, I call it. Pinky takes a peek. <laughs> Pinky takes a peek. Oh, you got it there, right? You wrote that down. 2650. Yep. Pinky yep, takes a peek. <laughs> the adventures of the pinkies. I mean, there, there's a whole situation going on back there. There's a whole other mini movie happening. Yeah, Estelle Getty. I mean, she's just eyeballing us. Don't you eyeball me, son. You know, there she is. Eyeball to eyeball. And it's not like eyeball to eyeball. That's fucking combat. As we learned from our comrades, mud and guts. But it's not even just like a glance. It's there for like two seconds. She's just like locked in. I cannot look away from that. If you wanted to get fancy, you could say she was really locked in because she knows Walter's there and he has a penchant for brandishing firearms. So she's just keeping an eye on him. You could say that. You could. That's something you could say. Or she's looking at the Jesus, like waxing his balls. Which is another thing because if you look at the dude, Walter, and Donnie during this scene, they keep, like, that's the thing. It's kind of like having a dog around or a baby or something. Mm-hmm. Now, we're still, still talking about the previous minute. Yeah. They keep looking. Minute. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's like having a little distraction around. So, like, right. keeps things, like, there's something to keep your interest yeah, even though they're talking, they're not looking at each other. No, I mean, if they do of, glance at each other, they quickly look back. Well, because the mean, Jesus is over there, like being like doing crazy shit, rubbing his ball, and like doing his dances, thrusting his middle finger out, and you know he's coming up. He's going to be their next adversary, so it's obviously a point of interest. But it's nice because it gives them something to sort of focus on that, so they can have this kind of like semi-distracted conversation but be looking kind of off in the distance. Yeah, it, it works for the scene. It strengthens the whole dialogue. I even would, though you're not really aware of it. Right. It t- took many viewings again for me to see that. Yeah, only if you're really going to con- yeah, try to... Like when you watch it, it doesn't seem strange... But you have to stop and think, what's really going on there? And then the decisions the filmmaker made to to support that. Right, and he's over there. Liam's probably taken a few turns. And, uh, you know, he's doing his, whatever, his theatrics. So, it's motivated for them to be kind of staring off into the distance. Yes. So is that it for the revisits, then? I, I think so. I think we can actually yes. talk about this minute now. Yeah. Now, this minute is interesting because Spence. we spent the last two minutes talking at great length about the Jesus. And in this minute, the Jesus is not in it too much. There's a little bit left over from the scene that ended out the last minute of him ringing the doorbell. You undersell it when you say a little bit because... Well, a little bit temporally, right? Yes, temporally. 
there's 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 about four seconds but of of finishing out the previous scene and then i was just surprised to see they you know then you know the rest of the scene is the dude and walter and donnie prattling on with no jesus right pretty much i was expecting talking about jesus you know for the next several episodes but granted we're still gonna talk about him oh we're gonna talk about him but we do have a little bit of a respite from like the heavy hardcore jesus (laughs) Hardcore Jesus. <laughs> so yeah, he rings the doorbell. And the, there's even just the shot of the doorbell. And the Jesus's finger pressing the doorbell. So do you, so do you think that's Totoro's finger or is that a, a hand double? It's Totoro's finger. I can tell by his little wrist hairs. Like his little hand hairs. It, that's his finger. They're there. They're at that location. The light is right. Mm-hmm. That's his finger. I had that debate with myself. Like, well, but, you know, I examine the wall. The molding is the same. It's his finger. The sweater's the same. It's, just, it's a very Torturo-esque finger. But what oh, I will say... it's definitely Torturo-esque. Right, but they're not gonna... He's already there. Maybe you know? Totoro has a finger double that travels with him. Well... Maybe it's George Costanza, man. True enough. What I will say, though, is these little close-ups where you're doing little, like, hand movements, these are tricky shots. (coughs) For instance, he has to, when he presses this doorbell in and pulls his finger away, he has to do it slowly. Now, in real life, when you go up and press a doorbell, it's like, you're not concentrating on the doorbell. I'm I'm moving my finger in. It's like I'm docking the Star Trek, the Enterprise. Very slowly, carefully, press it in, move it away. No, you just kind of like jam it in there, and then you're out quick. Right. But if you you watch this, it's very slow. It's deliberate, and it pulls away very slowly. Right, and he presses... One thing that really strikes me is how he presses that doorbell. Like, he pushes that button in so deliberately and pushes it all the way in. Whereas I might, you know, just kind of, like, push it in part way. He's getting his money's worth out of that push. Yeah. He's pushing his fingers going directly, you know, it's directly parallel to the button. It's directly in there. Yeah, he is. And Steven just said his fingertip is white. Like, he is, like, really... And it's curved down a little bit. Like, I am pushing this button. Yeah, if yeah. I have to go door to door announcing my pederastery, I'm going right. to get the most out of every button push. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's like white-knuckled and bent. He's pushing it so hard. But these are... It's similar to... Like, when you shoot scenes in a car, and we're going to get to some of these later in this movie... And, like, you're shooting out the window like a moving car now, not a still car. And you want to see, like, the scenery going by in the background. They shoot those at, like, 15 15 MPH. (laughs) You know? Hold the wheel, 15 MPH, all roll out. You didn't think I was going out naked, did you? But you have to shoot them slower, is the point. 
because movement is exaggerated in a film. So if the speed limit's 45, you know, you're doing 45, 50, it's just a blur back there, filmically. So you have to shoot it extremely slow because the movement's exaggerated. And the same thing's going on with this finger. He's got to move in slow and move back out slow. It's a weird, there's a whole, like, art to moving your meat parts in close-ups like this. And sometimes, this probably took 30 takes to get this to where they liked it. That's all. I went on a little rant there. Just more exacting filmmaking. And then, so then the guy answers the door. This fella, you know what his name is? I'm trying, it's hard to see. Like, it never stands still. It's blurry to me. Uh, you gotta watch it real time, but I did it. I took probably 20 minutes to cipher this out. So what's his name? Ernie. Ernie. His name's Ernie. I can Ernie. see that he works at ProSource. ProSource. That is readily available. The Ernie... Are you sure it's Ernie? It's not Bernie? I am Bernard? pretty sure it's Ernie. Bernard? Nah, it's Ernie, man. Ernie. Ernie, all right. Now, in ProSource, this is a, a floor, like a warehouse, like floor-covering warehouse. So I imagine he's like an installer, like a floor-covering installer. Now, I put a link here for you to check out. Because um, they're still in business. And I did a little research, and this company was founded in 1990. But they started mm. in Kansas City and then branched out from there. So I wasn't able to ferret out when the North Hollywood location opened. But I would assume that Ernie... Works at the North Hollywood location of ProSource wholesale. That would make covering. sense. That would make sense, right? But I don't Are you know sure how it's quickly. The same ProSource, though. I am not sure. I feel like the ProSource. There could be lots of different ProSources. There, there are more than one. There's there's several ProSources, but this one seemed to make sense because it's in Hollywood, not just Hollywood, North Hollywood, and. It's the type of place he could work where he'd have, you know, mustard stains on his shirt. Right. And be drinking a Leinenkugels or a Saranac. That's a pretty fancy beer, though, for him to be drinking. And I'm you not even sure if it is a Leinenkugels or a Saranac. You can't really tell. No, even you can't. have Leinenkugels in Hollywood? I don't know. I just look at all the different little colors and patterns on the beer... And it's like, it looks like a micro. It doesn't look like your standard. It probably, yeah. It does, it does evoke that. MGD Although back in 91, that was before micros were like such a big deal the way they are now. Right, which would make it even more impressive for him to have yeah. that. Although, you know, Hollywood, L.A. is just ahead of us in so many ways. But apparently... If you go to L.A., see what they're doing, their crazy thing, and in three years it's going to be in like middle America. So what you're saying is... Middle America is filled with pederasts and going door to door, mustard stained, half shirtless, drunken 
rednecks. Yes. That's what we're looking at here. Well, I wouldn't call him a redneck. I don't know. He looks a little red on the head there. Looks like he's got, he's like obviously wears sunglasses, like his face is sunburned. But if he turned around, his neck would be red. His shirt is pretty fucking disgusting. It's disgusting. But if he's a floor covering guy, like there's a green stain and a yellow stain. And they're yeah, the, yeah, they're not. I mean, the shirt is dirty, right? So there's like black dirt, like maybe from from working, which is good. But there's food, like that yellow is like a food. That's stain. mustard, you know. Yeah, that or a mustard based, maybe a like a mayonnaise with some turmeric in it. Hollandaise so sauce. Yes, floor coverings could be glue. Maybe it's glue. Fucking interesting. Maybe it's glue. Could be glue. Or just justifying at this point. Those those stains though to me look a little deliberate. The bottom one, like the top five buttons of his shirt are undone. Got home from work, man. Having a beer, relaxing. And I think there's a couple on the bottom that aren't buttoned also. He's only got two buttoned. Yeah, there's a total of two buttons. A total of two buttoned buttons. Do you think they did alternate takes, some with like varying amounts of buttons? Maybe there's one where the shirt's just completely open. Do you think they had extra hair elements on his chestal areas? Or is that his natural state? Well, that's a good point. It's kind of mottled with two T's. Not with a D, mind you. Mottled. Mottled. It's a little mottled. I mean, that's a... That's Sam's Quanchy stuff on there. Look at it. It seems like there was some dressing up of the chestal hair going on. Well, they wanted to accentuate it, right? Even if it's his own hair... They, you know, put some they shoe put polish the body on makeup there. or something, you know. Easy. There's, you know, there's someone, you know, yeah, like the makeup artist, you know, they, he or she knows like, okay, the chest hair, we're going to accentuate that. I'm going to spray you down with this chest hair accentuator. Right. Joel and Ethan are like, all right, this guy's got his shirt open, his chest hair hanging out. He's obviously like, you know, blue collar working class guy. That the Jesus is going to come up and say, Hello, I live in your neighborhood. I'm a pederast. Nice to meet you. I live right down there with your child's toy in your yard. Which Terturo's reaction when he sees the guy is priceless. Yes. For all the antics that the Jesus does in the bowling alley, that one reaction when he sees this guy open the door and he realizes he has to tell him he's a child molester, or at least a pederast, that might be the best. He kind of like hitches and like his head kind of moves back and he's like, oh, I have to tell you this now. So, so here's a question maybe more like philosophy of film type of question all right is what we're seeing here did it actually happen in the reality of this film or is this simply walter's 
slash the dude's imagination as they tell the story? That's a great question. I don't have an answer for you on that. I mean, it's pretty much unclear. There, I don't think there could be an answer, but I think it could kind of go either way. It could go either way. I lean towards it's Walter's, uh, whatever, his uh, fantasy world. Just yeah, I kind of lean stuff. that way, too. And the reason I say that, it's an audio issue here where, you know, I did the thing where you listen to it with the picture off. I just listen to mm-hmm. the sound. And the bowling alley sound goes over the entire scene there. There's white flashes, like it's affected graphically. Yeah. It's like it's very obviously a manufactured scene. Right. And well, you still hear the do, you know, you know, Donnie and the Walter still talking over it. You still hear the Hotel California. It's all still part of the tapestry. Yeah, it's uh it's his it's his uh he made this up. No, no maybe he's not making it up. Maybe, you know, the Jesus had a criminal past. But I don't think it was meant yeah. to be taken at face value here. Right. And really, when we start, if you, we know, going down this path, the Jesus might not even be a pederast. Maybe not. Right? The Walt, Walter just heard it. Walter's prone to exaggeration and overreaction. Right. Yeah. Also. Yeah, he, exactly. He, you know, it's really just hearsay. Right. Walter's testimony would not hold up in court. <laughs> no. No, it would not. He would not be allowed into the courtroom. <laughs> Probably not. Because he would, he, would, he would refuse to like remove his firearm. Because you usually have to go through like that metal detector at the courthouse, and he wouldn't make it through there. Because he, you know, he would not allow his Second Amendment right to be violated in such a way. Or maybe he forgot to bring his firearm that day, but he would immediately berate the judge... For, you know, stomping all over his civil rights. You know, he, he would tell the judge the Supreme Court has roundly rejected prior restraint. It just wouldn't end well, that situation. No. <laughs> There's a slight shadow discrepancy. I know we're still only in the first four seconds of this scene. That's okay. There's a shadow discrepancy. It's minor, but I thought it was it, it was worth mentioning. When the Jesus approaches this house where he's got to tell uh we'll call him I don't know, Toby Keith. Maybe we'll call him that. Okay. There's a wide shot. He's walking down the sidewalk. It's kind of like a high angle. Yes. And he's walking down the sidewalk. And if you look at There's his shadow. Long shadows, yep. Long shadow. And it's pointed. So if you imagine directly to the Jesus's left, yeah. his left, screen right, the shadow is mm-hmm. pointed almost exactly at six o'clock. Maybe six fifteen, maybe. But it's almost directly to his right. Right? Yeah. Well, also, just look at the length of the shadows. And the length of the shadows. 
And I mean, then that's when really he, easy to see. When he opens the gate, the shadow is almost basically at seven o'clock, I would say. It's minor. It's not a huge deal. And I'm talking well, I guess this has to we'll have to classify this as a revisit. So it's at twenty six fifty eight when he's walking through the gate. But the shadow is more to the right now, almost at maybe seven o'clock. It's minor. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But it's something. Yeah, it's not easy. I mean, it's harder for me to tell these different angles, but it's very clear if you you just look at how far the shadow is, especially of like a stationary object. So like the fence post, the shadow extends beyond the sidewalk and into the street. But then when it cuts to him opening the door, the shadow does not extend that far. It like extends barely to the end of the sidewalk, but definitely not past it. That's a good one. Yeah, good one. So definitely, yeah, there's some sun has moved. So maybe they shot... What you're contending is maybe they shot the uh, close-up where he opens the gate first? No. Well, it depends if the sun is rising day. or setting. Oh, that's If the true. sun is rising... Yeah, but yeah, Good who point. knows what shot they did for it. It would depend. Good point. I mean, can we tell... Which could, side is east no, and which was, side is west? If we knew what street it was, maybe, but I couldn't find a street name. Like anywhere we can't on this. tell. There's a mountain in the background. Like maybe the ocean is <sighs> I directly. Look, I don't know. Yeah, I, I get the feeling the ocean is to the right, and that to his left, our right, screen right, that's due west. That's what I get. I think it's more of a setting thing. They did the, They got the tricky shot out of the way, the one where they had to have a gigantic crane in the middle of the road. That Do that first, because that's the hardest one, and then we'll do all the other stuff on the sidewalk and up at the door. That's what I get the feeling. But that doesn't jive with your longer fence post shadow theory. That's interesting, too. The There's a point, you can see the... It's the where the roof comes to a point, casting a shadow. Twenty six fifty three. It's a triangle of shadow there. The roof of what? The roof of the house. He's about to go knock on the door. Okay. Right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yep. There's the shadow. Yeah. And then you go to the when he's opening the gate, and it seems like we should be you able wouldn't... to see that part. Eh, it's hard to say. I don't think we would. But again, the shadows are a lot shorter. In that shot, so it's quite possible. I mean, yeah. Even if I, I feel it's that we don't see that much. The shot's not wide enough to put that shadow in. But even, but, I don't but know, yeah, we definitely man. wouldn't see it based on the movement of all the other shadows. It's close. There's some funny business going on there. I mean, not that funny. Not that funny. Just some funny business. It's not hilarious I mean, business. It's just funny business. It's not making me go insane with hilarity. Well, I mean, I think it's just pretty obvious. You know, they shot these, you know, scenes different times. minutes or hours apart. So the shadows are of different lengths and orientations. He's got a pack of bird seed in his pants. 
to simulate a large penis. Yep. That's one of those things. We did not discover this. It's just out there. You can research it. He decided to put a pack of birdseed in his pants. Which is just one of those details. <laughs> Here he is, a pederast. Maybe this is the nail in his coffin. Like, yeah, you probably are a pederast. Or actually... this is Walter's imagination, right? <laughs> right? He's adding this giant member onto this guy in his mind. <laughs> right. Touche. <laughs> Well, we're four seconds in. We've analyzed the first. We've 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 been talking for about forty minutes or so, and we've analyzed the first four seconds. <laughs> I had a, a whole. I wanted a pretty to, brisk rate. I wanted to analyze the Bolshevik Revolution. Talk about Lenin for a while. You know, how do we get to all that? At at what point? We'll do get we, there. Do well, we, we can get to there right now. To an unmitigated disaster. I mean, all I have to really, you know, most of the things I noticed are pretty pedestrian. Well, here's, I mean, I got a, that's a laundry list of things. Here's the one thing that I thought was pretty freaking interesting. Um, and Stephen might have some things to say about this, too. Um... At 2718, now you need to listen to this, though. This is the audio portion of the program. All right. 2718. In fact, back it up a couple of seconds before that. Just go to 2716. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm going to listen. The dude is saying... I heard it. I heard it. I did not hear that previously, but I heard it. His line about... I told him if it was during league play. But you need to listen to it. I don't know if you can even do this right now. You need to listen to it with headphones. It, in the middle of his line, there's a weird... It's almost like they had to splice something in there. Like either cut something out, or have the dude come back, or have Bridges come back in and like re-record something. And it gets very close in your ears for like half a word. And yeah. like to the left. Like it flanges. There's a flangey effect to it. Yeah. All right. Here, let me, I'm going to listen to this. Right. Let me listen to this one more time. Take a moment. Yeah. It's, impo- it's really hard to detect, I think, unless you like have the volume jacked up and you're listening with headphones. You've got to have good headphones, put them on your ears, and turn it up all the way. But it, when you do that... It comes like jackknifing right into your yeah, ear. Yeah, no, hole. yeah. I instantly heard it. You said listen to that section, and I heard it the very first time. I didn't even know what I was listening for, and there it was. Yeah, it's like a weird like audio glitch. Yeah, like all of a sudden his voice for like half a word is is like loud and pitched to one side. I co- told them if and it then was it goes back. back. Play. Yeah, and it's all weird. Yeah. So I mean, there, it's, there's it's a couple not, of comments going around though, and might be. Maybe. I'm not sure about this. It's it's a little weak. But I'll let Steven address this a little bit. There was a YouTuber comment, so 
take that with a grain of salt. But okay. it has to do with Walter's reaction after the dude delivers this line about having a beeper on him during league play. Well, Adam asked me to listen to uh, this next line where Walter basically calls uh, seemingly, in my opinion, dude a piece of shit. Adam thought it was uh, Donnie. And uh, after not much research, just a little bit, there's a couple of uh, people who say that uh, Goodman did an interview and basically said that uh, the assistant director or somebody fucked up and said cut. And... That's when he shouted his line, life does not stop and start at your inconvenience, you miserable piece of shit. And then there's even a fourth theory that's going around that who he's really talking about is the big Lebowski, um, basically yelling at him. So it's kind of interesting dynamic around who he's actually calling a piece of shit. Um, Because you wouldn't think he never really talks to the dude that way. He does talk to Donnie that way, but it also would make sense that, you know, he would shout at, he is talking about the big Lebowski. Because I, yeah, I had never thought about it any other way. I had always assumed he was talking to Donnie for interrupting their conversation. Like, Donnie's always a half a step behind, and he's asking these questions. They've already been over this, and he's like, just berating Donnie like he always does. I had, It never even occurred to me that he could be talking to anyone else this way. But Steven had always assumed that he was talking to the dude for dragging a beeper in the league play. Like, who cares if you're not going to answer? It's still beeping. You still got it on your shirt there. So it could go either way. And then you've got... He could be like conjecturing out that it's the titular Lebowski who's like demanding that life stop and start at his convenience. Or the fourth, which I consider to be a weaker theory, that somebody yelled cut and like this is John Goodman delivering this line to a crew member. But right. I, I, that's kind of weak because Buscemi and Bridges like roll with it so good. They don't get Yeah, and they keep going. Well, part of it would be look at the script, right? I mean, is that line in the script? We've gone back to the script for some things. Good point. Um, I don't know that. And and his, I mean, I will admit the line strikes me as strange because like even you know I just always assume he's talking to Donnie, but even for doing that, it seems really harsh. Even for Walter talking to Donnie. Calling him a miserable piece of shit, like that's like that's pretty hardcore. I mean, I call I everybody think. a miserable piece of shit now, but that's only because I'm quoting the movie, I guess. Yeah, and you know, if you just looked at that little bit out of context, like we talked before about how they're looking at the uh, looking at the Jesus during this scene, like otherwise you might be like, well, because well, even as he says it, he's kind of like looking out, like looking kind of gazing toward of out out toward the audience or out off to the side of the screen it's like well, what's he looking at who's he talking to right maybe he's so looking at see, the jesus yeah but taken out of context right it does kind of seem like he's you know he's saying it as he's kind of looking out looking gazing out 
And then he just kind of like lets his mouth hold open with his tongue just kind of sticking out for... With his tongue sticking out. An extended period of time. It takes him a while to like close his mouth again. But yeah, I never thought, but I mean, you know, that's a good point, Stephen. You know, like really that he's somehow referencing the beeper, in which case he could be talking about Lebowski, could be talking about the titular Lebowski or the dude and referencing the beeper, which... Also makes some sense. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, I think. Although I still would, if I had to put my money down, I'd still put it, he's talking to Donnie. I would. That's but maybe that's I'd just because I've thought it so long, it's too hard for me to change my mind. Yeah, it's hard point. to change it up. But, like, there is a, like a pretty convincing piece of logic to him talking to the dude about this. What's that? So if he so but if he was talking to someone that yelled cut, that's part of like an audio discrepancy. Well, I heard the audio discrepancy first, and then Stephen told me about the uh, little deal where it's possible that Goodman is talking to a crew member. I'm like, well, maybe they're covering somebody saying, "Oh, hold on," or "cut," or something. You know, like a crew member, right. like fucking shit up. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be, yeah, maybe it's not cut, but it is, like, yeah, someone doing something. Or, like, waving their hand, or, like, oh, do this, you're supposed to, who knows what. Yeah. You can't have your but, arms but, crossed. But making some, no- making some noise, right? Right, something. You know, actors fucking hate that. They do. Remember Christian Bale? <laughs> his whole thing going off. What was his whole thing? You don't, it was... When he was making Terminator. Yeah, when he was doing Terminator... Someone on the set, some crewman, like, walked in, like, did something, right? Like, so he's there in character trying to do some, like, intense scene. And, I don't know, some crew member does something, like, walks in on the middle or, you know, screws up the the, the shoot somehow. And he just goes off on him for, like, ten minutes straight. Fucking crazy. Crazy. (laughs) Screaming at the guy. Yeah. And of course, it was on set. It's like recorded, right? So it's got leaked onto the internet or something, Keep you know. Rolling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it was just like you know, it's just the audio, but it's like yeah, it's just horrible, right? Like you really don't like Christian Bale after her. Not that maybe you liked him previously, but it's just like yeah, this guy's not. I kind of like him. I think he's you know in the Brad Pitt realm where he doesn't do shit yeah. except for yeah, Terminator, huh? of course. Maybe yeah, that's huh? why he was so pissed. That movie Blue. It was entertaining. Yeah. Stephen likes entertaining movies, not good movies. Correct. I I like entertaining movies as well. I just watched. Here's the portion of the show where we talk about the movies we've seen recently. <laughs> I just watched Safe. What? Safe, starring Safe? Jason Statham. Well, the, you're a big Statham fan. Though. I am Gatham for Statham. It is a well-established <laughs> fact. <laughs> He's like the Jean-Claude Van Damme of the 2000s. He is. Well, he's beyond that. I I never liked Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, he definitely makes movies in that realm, but somehow he's raised it to such an art form that I love those. I love, like, Steven Seagal, Jean-Claude Van Damme, Dolph Lundgren, um, like, who are some other guys like that? Yeah, Chuck Norris. Yeah, I never got into those movies, ever. Jason Statham, though, is um, one of the best movies ever made. (laughs) (laughs) In case you missed that, Invasion USA was one of the best movies 
ever made. Those are words that just got uttered <laughs> with T's, not D's. I would agree with you that Statham is a different... He's got a... He's a little more... He's a little more suave or something. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I kind of like his shtick. Yeah. And that being said, Safe was not a really good movie. It started out strong. Like, I watched the first maybe like 30 minutes of it. Just the kind of on a lark. It was like... I don't know. Like Netflix, like the kids let net, let Netflix up on the TV when they went to get ready for bed, and, and there it was. I was just and I went, like you know as I was clicking through to like turn off the Apple TV, like I went through genres, action adventure, and then like you know they have the little like cover flow, like the movies go by. I was like, oh, safe, Jason Statham. I was like, oh, I remember seeing the trailers for that. It's on Netflix. Yeah, let me just see what it's like, and then like, I just watched, you know, like the first ten fifteen minutes, and I was like, wow. All right, I'm going to come back to this, which I did then later that night. And it was pretty good for a while, but it really fell apart, Hmm. unfortunately. Why is John Goodman's, like, the point of his elbow white? Well, just, you know, calloused and dry. It's white. It's bright white. I wouldn't call it bright white. Not on not on how on my monitor. Just white. I think okay, it's your medium normal. white. It's medium white. Yeah, medium white. I mean, it's. I think it's just your normal kind of like you know, elbows get dry. That's that skin there I'll is typically kind of rough. I don't have that. Some people do though. Some people do. Some people have dry elbow. Maybe they're trying just to portray wait. him as being a crusty individual. He's a dry. Yeah. He's got dry elbow syndrome. Yeah. Just wait till you D-S. get to be his. Age well, and weight. You know what? And you will have a dry, crusty elbow too, Adam. I Honestly, I'm already at his weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm halfway there. Steven, I'm going to find out how old he is because I think in 1998, I don't think he was that much older than me. Maybe 10 years. Yeah, 10 years, sure. So in 10 years, I'm going to have like medium white elbows? He was born in 52, so he would have been... uh, All right, well, I'm way off He would have been 45, 46. In what, 98? 52? Yeah, 46. Yeah. So he's nine years older. So in nine years, I'm going to have medium white elbows? Maybe. I I think so. Uh, Come on, I don't like that. Too bad, it's what you got to look forward to. Just gotta put some lotion it's on the him. Yeah. yeah, that's true. If you moisturize more, you can start now. You can but prevent that. <laughs> Take some of the grease out of your hair. You just told me to moisturize my elbows. What has this program devolved into? Crusty old men. Crusty old men talking about moisturizing their elbows. So the dude quotes Lenin, V.I. Lenin, Vladimir Ilyanov. No. Ilyevich Ulyanov. He, he, tr- he tries to quote him. He tries which again to. is part of the charm of the dude. Well, there's a big there's a debate over this, and he but he also drinks white Russians, and Lenin was a white Russian, but that's neither here nor there. There is uh, some debate about whether this is a Lenin quote. I found sources, different sources, saying that this is something he said, and then other people well, said he's misquoting. Or he's quoting Marx, but I've, I've yeah, I, like when he says it, I think it's more like a Marx thing. But granted, 
I guess I don't know that m- as much as I should about Lennon. I mean, Lennon kind of was in it. I mean, he's kind of similar to Marx philosophically, is he not? He... Like, he was building on Marx's philosophy as the basis of his revolution. So, Well, I thought Marx was building more on his philosophy. Because Marx came came along and kind of, like, swept in on his coattails a little bit. Because Lenin died in, what, 23, 24, and then Marx came along afterwards. And kind of like he was, uh, like, second fiddle. No. Really? I think so. We're talking about Karl Marx. Karl. Well, not wait. the Marx brothers. Not Richard Marx. Because, I mean, he does some good shit, too, but... Karl Marx that was way later, died man. in 1883. That was, like, 80s, 90s. Karl Hungus. Yeah, because uh, Lenin was the whole Bolshevik shit. Um, Unless I'm way off here. You're way off, man. All right. Fuck do I know. Marx was in the 19th century. Philosopher, political scientist. So Lenin was building on Marxism. Yeah. Yeah. He was using his philosophy as kind of the the basis of his political movement. Well, what the fuck do I know then? Stalin, not, come on. Stalin, I'm sorry. So you're thinking of Stalin. Yes. That makes more sense. No, Marx is, yeah, Marx is different dude. Different. But apparently Marx. Different dude. (laughs) Marx. (laughs) Yes. Marx. I'm just saying that word. My mouth is saying that word. But it's yeah. Stalin. Stalin came along afterwards and, like, then he was in charge or some shit. After yeah. Lenin. Right. Marx said... But yeah, Marx was the... Who leader. stands to gain? Yeah. Was his kind of, like, thing. He said, one should always ask who stands to gain. Hmm. So that might be what he's referring to, which is a, a Marx. Right. It's Marxism... Thing. But then blended into Leninism. Right. And I think it was just convenient for them to use the word Lenin so that Donnie could say, I am the walrus, probably. Or, you know, or that was just part of the whole writing process. But, you know, that was something they built on. But again... Well, they probably fucked it up like I just did. And they were like, well, no, let's keep it. And then Donnie can say, he can make a Beatles yeah. reference. It'll be fun. Well, I think it could be, you know, purposefully screwing it up. No, let's say it's an accident. misattributes stuff all the time. No, let's say it's an accident so that they can be as stupid as I am. All right. Let's say that. Let's just stick with that deal. Yeah. I prefer it. The one thing that is interesting about this scene also is how the dude can like activate his beeper here this is what it sounds like dee 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 no you just put that in there so you could have it no yeah i wasn't gonna comment on that but Mm -hmm. more rather how you know they they're done talking this story about the about the jesus and then come back and you know the uh you know, Walter's like, so how much they give you? Right? All smiley and the dude's all, you know, they're all ha- he's all they're both happy, like, hey man, I'm getting twenty grand, I get to keep the rug just for making the handoff. Yeah. Like, here they are, like, you know, 
involved in this crime caper, right? He's going to go to kidnappers with a million dollars. But is that a crime for the dude? Is the dude committing a crime? He's not committing a crime, but they're not involved in this potentially dangerous situation. Like, if I was like, hey, Adam, go deliver a million dollars to the kidnappers, right? You wouldn't be like, this is awesome, man. Now, would you pay me some? You would some, be like, but I would wouldn't... you be paying me some money to do sure, that? Sure, I'll give you, I'll give you 20 grand to do it. I'm but not why would maybe... I take the 20 grand when I can keep the entire million? She probably kidnapped herself. Yeah, no, I know, but I don't think he's committing a crime. It's just like oh, sketchy saying, business. I'm not saying he's committing a crime or even that he's in sketchy business. I'm saying he's he's now engaging, though, in a dangerous operation. Well, absolutely. But he's not concerned, right? He's like, already been involved most... in dangerous operations. Mm. He's got his head dunked in a toilet. He's stolen a rug. You know, he's shown a willingness to throw caution to the wind. Well, I, I don't know. He stole the rug is one thing. He didn't really like getting his head dunked in the toilet too much, although he was kind of cavalier He was throwing one-liners around. Yeah. Getting back to Lenin, he's uh, confusing it with a Marxist quote. It was actually Karl Marx who uh, said what he's talking about. Right, that's right. Is that what you guys are saying? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I was Thank you, Donnie. Backwards. It was not... Lenin did not predate Karl Marx, much to my chagrin now. It just goes, I'm falling lockstep into ignorance being on this You just embarrassingly got right. Marx and Stalin confused in your mind. Just historically uninformed to a just embarrassing degree. You just got the names messed up. It, it was just the names. Your, your basic... But still, worldview still holds. Karl Marx is. I mean, it would be kind of weird to be like, yeah, George Washington came after Abraham Lincoln, right? Oh, wait, I met Roosevelt. They're all, they're, you know. But that's here. That's, I don't know. It's all good. Isms. Let's talk about isms Isms. for a second. Okay. Organisms. Organisms. Spoonerisms. Jack Danielisms. Larryisms, dudeisms, Buddhisms. So, here's some isms in this movie: communism, pacifism, feminism, nihilism, fascism, Leninism, Marxism, hedonism. There's some isms. Zionism. Zionism. Yeah. Wait, why Zionism? If you Will it? It is no dream. Oh, very good. And Walter's all into the Zionism. Very good. Judaism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good. I like that. Lots of isms. And I'm waiting. That was just like what occurred to me, man. But I wonder if there's going to be more as we get further into this. Some are spoken outright. Others are just kind of on display. Without being spoken, I guess. Right. Like Buddhism. Like a lot of people talk about the yeah. dude, the Zen nature of the dude, even right. though that's a real crock of shit. But because the dude is so uncalm in this movie. 
as we've discussed. Yeah, but he does his little uh, movements. I mean, he's happy being. He's happy living in squalor. He provides lip service to that something. ethos, at least. Yeah, but his actions don't support it. Because most of the time, he is very undude. Right. There's, which is ironic, because he's the dude that he's defines dude. what dude is, yet he's so often undude. The but man. I guess maybe, ultimately, that is kind of like some strange cone, and maybe there is a zen element there. Well, that's why... How the, can a dude be undude? Dude. That's why dudism is not Buddhism. There's a difference. Yes. I mean, one of them threatens castration. Are we splitting hairs here? Well, what do we got... What what else we got here? We got anything else? Not too much. I mean, we can go deeper into maybe, like, you know, just recounting how the plot goes. But I don't think we need to do that. I mean, I this is the whole she probably kidnapped herself thing is the genesis here. Walter gets very upset. That fucking bitch. It's like Lennon said, you look for the person that will benefit. I am the walrus. There you go. That's the minute. And I mean, from, we- from a mechanical point of view. We've had some Beatles references here and there, so... Um, Patrick Stewart portrayed Lennon in a 1974 BBC hmm. movie, miniseries, uh, called I Fall saw, of Eagles. Interesting. I saw Patrick Stewart do Macbeth. In and, person? In person. And it was done as a kind of like, you know, you can take Shakespeare and kind of put it in different settings. Oh, it's like a modern day setting or, you know, it's like the, you know, an 18th century. So, you know, they kind of dress it up differently. It's it's the same play. It just doesn't matter what kind of like stagecraft you use around it in terms of costumes and sets. So anyway, this was Macbeth, but it was kind of like a 1940s communist country. Or something it was kind of set as. Okay. So you just mentioned him playing Lenin, and here's another kind of similar. This was kind of like, yeah, like a Stalinist state. But I, was I think I just asked this, but you saw that in person? Yes, I did. Where? I saw that in New York. Um, City? Yes. It was, I believe I saw it at BAM. Is that right? Is BAM the kind of place where you would see things like that? Are you ask? Is this a question? It's a question. I'm just trying to sort out my mind. I, I don't think know it these was words. BAM, the the Brooklyn Academy of Music, music, movies, the BAM Motion. Theater, and it looks like right now, May 12th to June 9th, uh, John Turturro is starring there in, um, the Master Builder. Do you know that he is constantly, like, chewing the Coen's ears off about doing a sequel? Not even a sequel, more like an alternate universe where it's the adventures of Jesus. The Jesus. I call it a side quill. (laughs) A side quill. Yeah, that's a term, man. That's a term of art. Well, it is now. I didn't come up with that. You didn't make that up? I have to also give credit right now. I said Gatham for Statham before. I meant to credit that because I hate to plagiarize people. I did not come up with that phrase. Who did? That was an essay written by Patton Oswalt where he, with his words, captures my love of Jason Statham better than I ever could. And the title of that essay is Gatham for Statham. (laughs) I mean, 
You are Gatham for Statham, though. I totally you am. You really are. That's your man crush. Big time. Big it, time. It even surpasses that. It's uh humanity crush or something. Yeah. There's no sequel, though. They're not doing it. They're just not doing it. They keep shooting it down. Goodman's in. Goodman would do it. Yeah. I don't think they should do it. No. Uh, a side quill, maybe. Uh, like, if I, it was the Jesus, even that, it's kind of, no. I don't As think I say so. It, no, that's kind of dumb. I do not think they should do it. And they're not going to. Yeah, don't do it. And Inside Lewin Davis is up for, uh, it's in the running for the Palm d or at Con. So, there's that. Apparently, maybe it doesn't suck, or maybe that's just the spin machine at work. I don't know. I saw Thor, finally. I hear they're making another oh, yeah. one. Yes, it comes out in November. What do you think about Thor, anybody? I like Thor. I liked Thor. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. It was very entertaining. I think so far those Marvel movies have not missed. I, I was surprised. It, I didn't really know anything about it, but I was entertained. It was watchable. It's hard not to miss with a comic book anymore. Are there? Well, what? I don't know about that. I mean, I think these Marvel movies. I mean, miss in which? I mean, yeah, miss, miss at the box office, perhaps. But yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, the Marvel movies have. I, I just feel like they're just setting themselves up because now, like, they've been so good for so long. Eventually, it's just going to crash and burn. Maybe. How do they keep, they keep doing them entertaining? Themselves? Yeah. Yeah, they don't have to be good. They just have to be entertaining. It's not like we're watching and, Citizen Kane, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's all I'm saying. They have to keep them so entertaining. But, but you know, it's not. you can't just make a movie entertaining, right? Well, what, what makes a movie entertaining? The villain, not necessarily the hero. Well, what's a hero? Well, that's what I'm trying to say is the villain is what makes it entertaining. Although, well, I generally agree with that, Stephen. Now, I'm, I'm kind of hard-pressed, though, now, as I think of these Marvel movies. See, the Marvel movies kind of broke the mold in some way, maybe, and that's part of, like... Because the villains, are, with maybe a few exceptions, actually aren't that big, right? Like, okay, the Batman, you know, like... Yes. Okay. Jack Nicholson is the Joker. Heath Ledger's the Joker, right? They both made those respective movies. Without a doubt. But like did did Jeff Bridges really make Iron Man what it was? Oh, it's all downy. I I'm going to say something. Yes. I think you may have just spoiled it for me, but I wouldn't have been able to tell you um like if you said Superman and Batman, which one is Marvel and which one is DC? I know that, though. I know there's two. There's Marvel and DC. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have been able to tell you which one was which. Yeah. Or any well, other ones. Yeah. I mean, if I don't know those two, then I don't right. know any of If you don't know ones. those two, you don't know anything I know about nothing. this, obviously. I mean, but, I'm I, mean I don't just mean heroes from the Marvel Universe. I'm talking about specifically... Marvel has started Marvel Studios to make these superhero movies Crank them out. Quote, like the way they yeah. want to make them. Not yeah. like just like, oh, we sold the rights to Sony and they made some shitty Spider-Man, right? Right. 
Like they so that so you know again Spider-Man all these movies Marvel. that led up yeah. to the Avengers are what they've done you know as well you know but like so for example like the X Men movies Marvel are Marvel universe but they're not made by Marvel Studios yes. same thing with this yeah. Spider Man the Amazing Spider Man that just came out last year not Marvel, Marvel Studios oh that one wasn't no that's interesting wait the most recent Spider Man was not Marvel that was not made by Marvel Studios and that was made by Sony. Who actually the reason they kind of forced that movie out is because if they did not use it, the rights would revert back to Marvel. I thought that they, case, they made the other three too, correct? Prior to that, wasn't that? Yeah, Sony? the same studio. Yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah, not Marvel. Yeah, Iron Man was the first. Iron Man was was Marvel's first. You know, let's try to do this. Their great experiment. Well, that was a great movie. I loved and that, that was movie. great. Awesome. Loved. It was awesome. Loved by the public. Loved by the geeks. I you know, at it. the end, you know, I watched that opening night. You wait till the end of the credits, and Nick Fury comes out and is like, "I want to talk to you about the Avengers." Yep. And every comic book geek everywhere suddenly cream their pants. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it was like, holy crap! See, I... I used to be a pretty big comic book fan when I was a kid. But was is that because I watched Iron Man? I think I watched it on Netflix. Do they have the? I don't. Not that I really know who Nick Fury is, but I think it's Samuel L. Jackson. I think that's who yes. you're talking about. Yes. Yes. Correct. Um, was that in like the Netflix version or anything? Probably. It you was have at to the wait till the end. end of the credits. I probably didn't see that. Yeah. So then yeah. Iron Man Two, it seemed a little ham-fisted to come in there and like have the shield. You're in this organization. Now keep right. in mind, I know it wasn't nothing. Wasn't really in Iron Man Two though. It wasn't. No. Iron Man three, no. Iron Man out. two had tons of Nick Fury in it. Yeah, they're at the restaurant and they're like, "What are you doing?" You're screwing and it had up. Black Widow and Agent Coulson. They all played big parts. True, in that's true. Two. I forgot about Agent Coulson. Yeah, and yeah, she's but, in that. He. Yeah, well, Agent Coulson was a big was kind well, of a who's thing. the woman? The woman is uh. uh I Scarlett just watched Johansson. last night. Too. Scarlett Johansson is the Black Widow. Yeah, yes, Scarlett Johansson, but I mean, her she's the like helper, the secretary person. Man, people oh, you mean are Pepper Potts played by Gwyneth right Paltrow? You think we fucking know nothing? I just watched Avengers last night too. I've seen that movie so many times. My kids love it, and I love it too, just as much as they do. I I haven't seen it. It's a good movie and thorough. <laughs> I just watched. The Big Lebowski seven more times. And I still don't know as much as most people who comment. I just... Well, this is our deep reading, right? This is our training. Doing this podcast is us getting up to snuff. Like training for the marathon. Yeah. What's the marathon, though? I did see Star Trek Into Darkness. Okay. Shut it down now. Haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I won't mention anything about it other than, as a huge trekker, I was entertained by it. That's okay. All that needs to be said. All you can ask for. Yep. That's all that I expect. Yeah. Is to be entered, but uh, we're down here. Totally, totally entertaining. We're at the beach. I want to wait to see it in like the glory of whatever. I don't want to go to some totally, totally place. Yeah. Where they wheel out like a 37 inch TV in front of 27 right. people and plug in the uh, RCA cables to the You DVD were there player. when we saw. Um, Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights was like that. Right. 
it was like oh okay boogie nights that's in theater 27 right and you go down this hallway then the manager comes and it's like all right it's actually back here Um, you got to get in my uh uh toyota camry we have to drive to my apartment and uh go into my you know den and i got a tv there yeah, it's like you go into the theater, and it's like, oh, this is kind of tiny, but okay, it's a theater, and I'll project. And That'll make like, it more awesome. The, and then the manager is like, bigger. no, actually, you have to go through this door here on the side <laughs> of the theater. And then you go in, then, yeah, you're just in a room with, like, five folding, metal folding chairs. Right. With, like, a CRT monitor. <laughs> yeah. Like a 30-inch CRT monitor. Seriously, you could see the... The triple RCA cable going over to the wall, and the manager comes in and presses play on the DVD player. Or so no, there was a VHS. VCR. Yeah, it was VHS. Yeah. The way film is meant to be seen. <laughs> uh, and there's like, you know, it starts out and there's like a Depends commercial because he just he actually just recorded it off TNT or something. Yeah, that was bad news. So anyway, I don't want that to be. I need to experience Star Trek. In its in its glory, as it's yeah. meant to be seen. We got another comment. iTunes commenter number four. Well done, sirs. Well done. More sidebars. Does our boogie nights encounter count as a sidebar? There's a sidebar. You're welcome. Life does not stop and start <laughs> at your convenience, you miserable piece of shit. Poop <laughs> dick. Next time on Gutterball. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah.